This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Please take a moment, pause this podcast right now, and share it with someone you think would find this podcast interesting. We would really appreciate it. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, and find the different ways that you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And without further ado, let's get into the adventure you choose. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we got to do a quick shout out to one of our listeners named Mark from Australia. He's a big fan, and we appreciate him and glad he's listening. And he had a book called Volcano from Choose Your Own Adventure. I'll have to see if I can find that. Is it you are a volcano? Because if that's the case, <laughs> no. Well, if you are a volcano, there's you're you're never actually going to be a volcano. You won't. No. You'll become like a hole. You'll become like a, a kiddie pool. You'll become like you know a pothole or like, a uh, a deer living next to the volcano that'll get sucked in or you know right hor- exactly. horribly burned or a dormant volcano. Dang it! They didn't say it'd be a cool volcano. You're, or you'll be one of the villagers near the volcano or a fish. Well, actually, then probably you are a volcano. You'll actually become a shark. Yeah. <laughs> you become a shark that's hovering over a volcano. No, I don't want to go out that, like that. But but yeah, no, we're starting off a new year with a new uh, episode of the You Choose podcast where you choose your own adventure. Exactly. And we're going to go through a book that we did a few weeks ago. So the way this works, if you're new, thank you for listening, by the way. The way it works is we go through the same book twice. So we're going to go through Return to the Cave of Time a second time, and then we'll go through a new book for the first time. And when we do get to a decision point, hop in on the chat on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Tell us where you want us to go, and we will be your humble servants and go there, even if it means we die. Even if it means we know we're going to die, we're going to do it anyway because you're choosing the adventure. We've had plenty of friends and listeners who knowingly steered us to death and we walked in anyway. With that, let's hop into the Return to the Cave of Time. Now, Return to the Cave of Time. The Cave of Time, hands down, is my favorite Choose Your Own Adventure book. Yes. It just captured kind of everything, you know? It did. It was it's like early book. It's, got K- it's early, right? Wasn't it like yes. book? It was, was like two. It was number one in the series. Dang. The, the Phantom series. Yeah. That, that is early. And this is the 50th. So this celebrating the 50th book in the series, Ed, uh, Edward Packard decided to go back, return. You wonder how they pitched that, right? Like they walked in and they're like, hey guys, we're on book 49. You know what's next? And like the team got up and sort of high fiving each other, and like we're going back to the cave of time. And then the electric guitar played in the background. No, it's the '80s. It's a guitar. Exactly. <laughs> I can't do it. Do you have a guitar sound there queued up there? Oh yeah, I uh, need Lee? a guitar sound. Yeah, I don't have one. I exactly. should should find exactly. one. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. So... Before we get into it too far, like we said, you're the one that chooses the adventure. So in the comment section. Uh, wherever, whatever app you're watching us on, thank you, by the way. Um, comment, let us know what you want us to do. Tell us where to go <laughs> in this book. Here's the the kids cheering that we, we returned to the cave of time. 
I'll take it. I'll take it. That, that's a good one. A little creepy. A little creepy. A little creepy. <laughs> it is. Well, the cave of time is creepy, as we'll, we'll find that's out. True. So That's true. Look at us all looking really dapper. And you notice we're wearing a turtleneck because when you're going hiking in the canyon, you, you always wear a turtleneck. Just because we're going to you know, go around in the 80s doesn't mean we can't do it in style. That's right. You know? <laughs> we got a little cowlick in the back of our hair. So we're, we're, we got a poncho. So, so you know we're a kid. You know, you know we we mean business, but we're also taking it taking it stylish. With the turtleneck and a and a poncho. So, all right, I don't remember who went last time. So, you you want to take the the first choice here, first few pages, Eddie? I can. But first, I want to. Oh, Ben's in the guitar solo. Oh, uh, Mark. Hey, Mark. He's he's in the middle of a meeting, but he's able to join us. <laughs> In true 80s fashion, guitars. All right, you're welcome for that. Now, let's just get going on the book reading here. <laughs> Mark uh, Mark made it in the chat, so thanks, Mark, for the, the kind words, by the way. Listen, Mark, you put us on the big screen in that meeting room right now. You're like, listen, guys, stop the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> stop the meeting right now. We're gonna... Stop it. We We're going to watch go on an podcast. adventure. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> we got to go on an adventure. Mark, if you need a new job, let us know. We'll do yeah. our best. All right. And All right. Ben, Ben's in the queue. Ben's in the, the chat. So It's probably a dickie and not a real turtleneck. It's true. It's uh, Remember Eddie on Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation? He had like the mock turtleneck yeah. on. Yeah, that's probably, and you that's can probably see what it we're through wearing. his thin. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're wearing. As a fellow Eddie from the Council of Eddies, I uh, <laughs> I approve these. To, I approve these message. <laughs> I, I approve the dicky. Here we go, everybody. Return to the cave of time. Your heart races as you make your way through Snake Canyon, my favorite canyon. Ooh. As opposed to Snake Mountain, this isn't He Man. This is just a canyon. This is a mountain. Remember uh, all of our past episodes? We like canyons, crevasses, ditches. Yep. Oh, oh um, man. Uh, what else? Uh, there's all, all different names for, for ditches in the ground or cuts in the ground. We, we love it. If this was a snake crevasse, our dickie would just fly off of our neck. <laughs> <laughs> Though it's a sunny summer day, you're wearing a dickie under your warm sweater under your all-weather parka, as well as wool socks and pants. Man, we're not messing around. No. You don't know where you'll turn up once you've entered the cave, but you want to be ready for anything. Now, I applaud being ready for anything, but if you're going to be ready for anything in the cave of time, you're walking in there with a set of brass knuckles and a gun. <laughs> not wool socks and pants and a parka. No. I mean, I applaud the the all you know, like the weather aspect of our sure. preparedness. You know? Except if we go to a desert, if we're in the Sahara, I, you know, wool socks and what? a parka is not going to be too helpful. But but why don't I have a chainsaw? On yeah, my back, chainsaw, my uh, even a, a pocket knife. I mean, come on. Yeah, okay. it's the eighties. Thank you. Well, Pen maybe, maybe the Edward Packer just assumes it's the eighties. You have a pocket knife already. Yeah, it's standard operating procedure. Yeah, it's like yeah. what? I don't have to say that, do I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, you reach the familiar grove of pine trees, but your hopes fade as you realize, as hopes often do, that landslides have covered the cave's main entrance. Determined not to give up, you search the floor of the canyon until you find, hidden behind clumps of sage, 
my favorite herb, might I point out. Another barely passable entrance. A crevasse, you might say. A crevasse. A crevasse of sorts. A crevasse. (laughs) Crawling on hands and knees, you enter a tunnel that, judging by its direction, should lead to the main chamber because I'm a cave expert now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The tunnel seems endless and keeps curving to one side as if you might be going in a circle. Almost a half hour of crawling, you feel a tightening of muscles in your throat. The beginning of panic. Because that's not the muscles I would feel tightening up when I get scared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not exactly the muscles, but hey, you know. I'm just saying, I've been on a ladder before and I've fallen and I know what muscles get engaged when that happens. There's not enough room to turn around. You're not even sure you can back out. Ooh. We've all been there. Yes. Painfully, you crawl on. Man, that's like the theme of 2021. (laughs) Painfully, you crawl on. (laughs) (laughs) Around a bend to the right and then on to the left. Somewhere up ahead, a voice is chanting. Or is it many voices singing in unison? It's an eerie tune with only three or four notes because I'm a musician as well. Yeah, we already we've already translated it into bass for ourselves. Yeah, or, exa- you know. <laughs> exactly. I've already transposed this music into a different chord yeah. to play at my church <laughs> later on. Um, <laughs> a moment later, you reach a dimly lit lighted chamber. A thin ghost-like figure abruptly stops singing and looks at you intently. You can hardly find words. But as to answer your question before you ask it, the strange man, if he is a man. We're already questioning his, what he is. I mean. Yeah. Like we're ahead of our time here. We're biologists. (laughs) We're a cave expert. We can transpose music. Exactly. The strange man, if he is a man, says, you have found the oracle of time. You are amazed to meet anyone in the cave, much less an oracle. For a moment, for a Who moment, else were we going to meet? Right? If you're meeting an oracle, you're meeting it inside the cave. <laughs> for a moment, you are afraid. But as you look more carefully at the oracle, you can't help but smile. His expression is kindly and wise, but there is also a playful, impish look to his eyes, as if he might turn you into a shark and drop <laughs> you into a volcano. <laughs> no, no, he's not going to turn us into a shark. <laughs> That's <laughs> never, never, never going to happen. <laughs> Please turn me into a shark. No. No. Oh. I'm going to turn you into a remote control. Yeah, <laughs> like, there you no. go. No. <laughs> that's, that's not a shark. The oracle is silent for a moment. You realize he may be able to tell you something you've wondered about. What is time, you ask? We get so... These guys yeah. were so like... Meta. On a, just, yes. Yeah. They're like they got mess so with, high in their writing sessions. You they know? Would, they did, and and they're we're only nine. We're this is geared towards nine year olds. What is time? What you know is when we were the meaning kids of life in the eighties? We walked out of there and went up to our parents and we're like, Dad, what is time? And they told you to be quiet and eat your dinner. Shut <laughs> like, up. Okay. Matlock's on. Leave <laughs> yeah. me alone. That's what time it is. The Magnavox is on. <laughs> no, Matlock. Matlock's on. Or Magnavox. Oh, Matlock is on. on. Yeah. Exactly. That's what time it is. The Oracle is silent for a moment, but then answers in a firm voice. Time is what keeps everything from happening at once. That's a little cheeky, I think. Okay. When did time start, you ask, and when will it end? Would you like to see... 
you gulp in amazement. Sure. What then? The beginning or the end? If you say you want to see the beginning of the time of time, turn to page 11. If you say you want to see the end of time, turn to page 17. Now, the one rule we have on this show, other than don't be a Todd. And <laughs> if, if a man named, if a man named Al is watching, he's going to definitely kill us. Yes. And you'll um, never be a shark. You'll never be a shark. It's not happening. When we reread the story, the first choice we make, we decide, we, the humble narrators, decide to make the first choice for you just so we're not repeating the same adventure. Who wants to do that? Sure, because you can go through life repeating the same thing, but not here. Right? Most of us do. Not here. We'll learn from our mistakes on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Ben says, clumps of sage rocked before the singer went to rehab (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, man, Clumps of Sage is really great, but then they changed their name to, you know, Sage Tastic. They're not nearly as cool. Right. Last time we went to the beginning. So this so time now, go to, to the, the end. end. Take him to the end, Lee. It's like the doors. This is the end. Yeah, My right. only friend, the end. Well, there you go. Jim Morrison. There was nobody who was a bigger Jim Morrison fan than Jim Morrison. (laughs) Good one. All right. I'd like to see the end, you say. Instantly find yourself weightless, floating in silent space. Your hands cover your eyes as you try to shield them from the brilliant light of a sun much larger and brighter than your own sun. You're rolling over and over in space, feeling like meat on a barbecue spit. Wow. (laughs) What a way to... Illustrate it. Meat I'm on just a spit. A, I feel like a mit, yeah, I feel like a piece of meat on spit. That's what you feel like when you wake up in the morning. So that's what you need to say to say to Jill in the morning. I feel like a piece of meat on I a feel spit. A rotisserie upon upon the spit of time, rotating in the sun. But yet somehow my blazer has stayed on and my dicky is still <laughs> my dicky's still on. <laughs> Well, the side of your face, the side of you facing the sun is so hot, it would burst into flame if it weren't cooled by the near absolute zero temperature as it turns away from the light. You have no sense of time for hours, maybe days, you roll gently over and over like a misshapen little asteroid. All the while, this one enormous sun is shrinking even more rapidly while growing even more brilliant until you can see it even through your arms, shielding your eyes. Then, utter darkness, nothingness. Moments later, you find yourself in the chamber of the oracle, blinking as your eyes slowly adjust to the pale green light. Turn to page six. You are shaken by your experience, not eager to try something like that again, but you're more curious than ever about time. Tell me, you ask the oracle, did anything happen before time began, and could anything happen after time ends? Nothing can happen unless time is passing, the oracle answers, but things could happen in another time frame outside our time. Then another time would be passing. You think for a moment, then ask, could I ever visit another time frame where another time is passing? This is also called the multiverse. Right. (laughs) It's possible, the oracle replies. The cave of time has passageways that lead to such places places where you perceive others as they will be in their future, while they perceive you as you were in your past. By now, your head is spinning. 
<laughs> I think right now I'd rather just stay in our own time frame, you say. Very well, says the oracle with a smile. Which shall it be, the future or the past? So we almost get to make the same choice again here. So let us know in the chat. Do we want to go to the future? Turn to page 47. Or do we want to go to the past? Turn to page 66. Paul's in the chat. What if Dinosaur Island is just a multiverse of Jurassic Park? <laughs> well, we well, decided, poor Paul, that Dinosaur Island is a complete ripoff. It's just a complete ripoff. There's no no nice way to put it. Yeah. There is one cool part about uh, Dinosaur Island that uh, Jurassic Park did not have, and that was the uh, sweet guitar solo. <laughs> well, that would have made it more interesting. I'm sorry. There that go. would have made I, it I better than, than what it was. <laughs> Got Velociraptors right. playing the guitar. Playing the guitar. <laughs> That's my favorite go. part of Jurassic Park. Dinosaur Island, the band. <laughs> we are Dinosaur, Dinosaur Island. Island. <laughs> so we have one vote. We have a vote for the past here. Past. So that would be 66. So we're going to go all the way to 66. Back to the past. All right, this is me, correct? Yep, this is you. You feel as if your mind has become detached from your body. And that you are in transport through time. Then reality returns. You are in a cave close to the entrance. Looking out, you can see that you are on a mountainside. A vast landscape of plains and lakes and patches of forest stretches beneath you. There is no sign of human habitation. You have the feeling that you may be living thousands of years in the past, perhaps even before the appearance of human life. In the distance, you notice dark moving specks. A herd of grazing animals, perhaps. Where there's life, there's food. And hope for survival, you think. Suddenly, you sense a presence nearby. Because now we're psychic, too. Oh, we're psychic now, yes. You whirl around, and your eyes meet other eyes. <laughs> Those eyes belong to a boy who looks older than you, even though he is several inches, inches shorter. Life is tough back then. Don't judge. Yeah, come on. He's a nine-year-old with crow's feet. <laughs> <laughs> he's already, yeah, he's already ten years older than us. <laughs> Hashtag nine-year-old with crow's feet. <laughs> uh, his wavy brown hair is shoulder length, and he is naked except for crudely fashioned shorts made of animal skins. He is solidly built and strikingly muscular. <laughs> His bushy eyebrows are set on bony ridges above his eyes, giving him a brutish look. Yet there's something sweet and friendly in his expression. Hello, you say. This is Eark again. Eark. Oh, it is Eark. Yes. The boy Eark. We can't he avoid. Close and, we can't, can't avoid, avoid that guy. Yeah. No. He steps close and looks curiously at you. At that moment, you hear a deep-throated growl. In the deep, in the dim light near the back of the cave, you can make out an animal of monstrous proportions, a gigantic cave bear, larger than any bear alive in your own time, because now we're bear experts. Now we're bear experts. Yeah. That Nine-year-old bear experts. You start spouting off, that's actually not a grizzly bear. That's a, that's actually a um, the bear amorphous of the uh, Cambrian age. Bear. and. 
I took bearology uh, correspondence course. <laughs> I'm a bearology expert. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. I have, a, bear I have a certificate. Terrified, you stand watching. The bear edges closer. The boy touches you. Narga! He pulls at your arm, then starts climbing the sheer wall of the cave, gaining handholds on rough niches in the rock. No crevasses here. Ooh, Lee. niches now. Niches. You watch him with amazement as he pulls himself up by his arms alone, by his sculpted, glistening arms. What's happening here? <laughs> What's going on? What kind of book? What kind of book is this? <laughs> this is, his back glistens as he climbs the wall. <laughs> the sweat, the sweat beating upon his brow. A moment later, he slips into a cleft in the rock. Once again, no crevasses here. <laughs> no crevasses. They're not giving us that. Cleft. You're not getting niches, that. canyons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Safely out of the reach of the bear, the bear follows the boy with his eyes, then turns toward you and lets out a roar that shakes your bones. I've never eaten a 1980s boy, he boy, says. You're yummy. <laughs> you get the feeling that this is his cave, and you better do something fast. If you try to follow, is it I or L? I, I assume it's I. It looks like an I. An L, yeah, E-Arc. Up the wall of the cave, turn to page 50. If you run out of the cave, turn to page 56. Paul says that he has a bear, he, I, he's a bearologist. He just got my certificate I appreciate in the mail. That. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. A fellow bearologist. Congratulations. Bearology is it not a, a, it's a very obscure science, but still very real. Not, not for the faint of heart. Oh, no. no You've got to face down all sorts of weird, crazy bears yeah. from the past. Yeah. <laughs> With Yark. With this, with the, I'm gonna vote for try to follow E. Like a monkey and climb. Oh, well, we're getting them climb votes. All right, we're getting the. We're, we well, luckily we took a correspondence course in climbing. So, go back to fifty because we're an expert in canyons and crevasses. You leap high against the cave wall and grab a handhold. Dig the toe of your right foot into a tiny niche, another niche, and okay. begin to niche? climb. The bear is close behind you, breathing and snorting. You're able to climb a couple of feet higher, but the wall becomes even steeper above you. You desperately feel for a higher for a higher foothold. Suddenly, your wrist is seized in a vice-like grip, and you feel yourself rising, then being hauled onto a ledge. Only then does the powerful grip release your wrist. Aching and sore, you look into the smiling eyes of Eark. Then, back at the paws of the bear, raking the lip of the ledge. Still trying to get at you. Oh, does ledge count as a as a crevasse or canyon? It's no know. crevasse in my book. Okay. <laughs> Og says Yark. He starts crawling into a dark tunnel, and you follow, hoping it will lead you out into the open. Instead, it leads you into an abyss, and you're falling, clutching Yark's arm, tumbling through the cave of time. Dot dot dot. Turn to page ninety three. Man, that guy's going all over the place. Sculpted muscular arms. <laughs> With sweat. <laughs> all right. Glistening. Okay. Suddenly, you're waking as if from a dream. Once again, you're inside the entrance of the cave, and something, maybe it's the smell of the air or the temperature or the faint sound of an airplane above, tells you you're back in your own time. But maybe you never left. Maybe you were just asleep. Could it be that you were just dreaming? Ak, Luga says a voice you've heard before. It's Eark, walking toward you from the depths of the cave with a big smile on his broad face. Eark, you're here. I can't believe it. 
You shake your head, wondering what you'll do with your friend from the past. There's only one thing you think of. Well, better come home with me. You're going to need a place to stay. Oh, man. I think we just did this last time. Yeah. I think this is exactly how things turned out last time. We're going to call you Link, and we're going to pitch a movie and call it Encino Man. With Polly, exactly. have you heard of Polly Shore? Have you heard of Wheezing the Juice? <laughs> yeah, Wheezing the Juice. The two of you follow the trail back to Uncle Howard's ranch. It's only a mile or so until you reach the road. You watch with amusement as Yark gasps at the sight of a trailer truck going by. You haven't seen anything yet, Yark. You're really going to like TV and computers and jet planes. Yark grins at you. It's now Ark. The end. <laughs> this is exactly how it ended last time it did i can't believe it we made a separate decision and we still ended up at the same destined ending. to meet eark oh man you know <laughs> nine-year-old crow's feet that's awesome hashtag nine-year-old crow's feet yeah you know it's it's uh yeah we are destined to meet eark we are destined to bring him back basically become the uh, the inspiration for encino man and yet leave out the fact that eark is driven mad by his lack of context for any of our modern conveniences and all those things and <laughs> yes just, you know uh it's hunted know. as bigfoot for the rest of his life i can't believe we ended up so this is almost a, a fail yeah <laughs> but we're not dead so no hey we didn't die yes we avoided the uh the other uh, bear trying to eat us alive and we gave Polly shore his his first break in hollywood because of the cave exactly. of time we gave Polly shore a job yeah so yeah. really you have us to blame for this. it's a it's a win <laughs> it's, it's a win, win. we quotes. got Polly shore <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep ER- is that eark that's eark yeah and he's pretty shredded yeah he is pretty shredded Wow. He's wearing way more than just simple shorts. He's got on some like foot wraps. Oh, he does. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got a little, a little pouch. Satchel. Yeah. We're he, selling him short, man. That he found a caress. So, all right. <laughs> Look at us with our hoodie and our dicky judging him. <laughs> got harsh, harsh shaming him. But, all right. Well, let's move on to our next book, which is Super Computer. I had this one, so I'm a little nostalgic for this one i'll probably be a little biased on it it's i was reading through it the other day it's 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 good it's by edward packard it's a super as well. computer. Super, it's a super computer computer so what kind of computer? I mean, super computer it's super it's not just a computer it's super now what i love about this is like this is printed i'm just gonna guess just looking at that the, the album art alone i'm gonna take a wild guess on the publication lately and go with 19 i'm not looking i'm not cheating 1983 Real close, 84. 84, within a year. Yes, you can tell. <laughs> we had a fear of computers. <laughs> Look at this kid. He's like, ah! the computer's going to drill my soul. <laughs> we didn't know. We had no idea. I remember when we had computers, people were like, what are you even going to use this for? Yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a Commodore 64 at our our school when we were in elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I choose to fear this thing. Look what it's going to do. It's going gonna, it's gonna to chew a hole through this kid's chest. I know. It's going to get <laughs> arms and legs. And it's just going to take run you over with the, the track. Got that tank has. treads and the yeah, hotter blue is going to go off in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but this is in, in traditional shuttle. old school choose your own adventure fashion. They give you images of everything that's going to happen in the book. Yeah. 
And there is no shortage of hot air balloon usage. I know, yeah. And choose your own adventure. I mean, in the eighties in general, think about this. Yeah. I think about like screen, like screensavers. Remember that when they became a mm-hmm. thing, hot air balloon, hot air balloons. Yeah. That was a big one. What was one of the main graphic options on a trapper keeper? Hot air, hot balloons. air balloons. Yep. You're right. And what was on some of the, uh, the initial video screens when reading rainbow would fire up hot air balloons, more hot air, hot air balloons. Yeah. What is it with the eighties and hot air balloons? I don't know. We loved them. We had a, some weird thing, man. Rainbows, hot air balloons, and like space. Space. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Especially space. That was a big yeah. deal. You put a Notice, hot air balloon in space, our head's going to explode. Notice on this cover, we have a space shuttle and a hot air balloon. Yeah. So we're For like, all your air travel. All, all your air travel needs. So, all right. So let's dive into this one. This is Supercomputer. And it was, let me go back, number 39. So it's kind of you still say pretty it right early. You got to say supercomputer, right? Supercomputer. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 84. I got this one in 85. I didn't get it when it came out. But look at the illustration. This is our oh, computer, God. Conrad. There it is. With the interactive voice function, display screen, keyboard, optical scanner, cerebral module, jack plug. The jack plug gets me the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. What's it? What's Jack? What's Jack got to do with it? Huh? What? And it's made by Gen Comp AI thirty two number two one eight three. Oh, the, again, eighties. This Johnny Five. I love the optic right. I love the optical scanner. That's the thing you don't put your eye up to because what's it going to do is just snatch that eyeball out of your skull. That's right. A little claw is like, going to come nah! out of there. Get you. <laughs> 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 but remember these books he always had the cool illustrations i mean i remember always. I like, this is awesome look at the keyboard yeah, dude, slides in and out some part of your brain was like i want a computer like this you know like oh yeah exactly and the screen was like this big yeah you know? it was like a seven inch <laughs> screen your phone now has a bigger screen than the computers did back then probably dude you're not lying gas gas pumps have bigger screens than this computer <laughs> You know, so you start this one, I imagine. Yeah, I'll start this one here. You won a computer programming contest last month, and your heck prize yeah, we is... did. Oh, yeah, heck yeah. Without a computer, we won the programming contest. <laughs> we didn't even own a computer. <laughs> That's how good we are. You're the lucky owner of a Gen Comp AI32 sixth generation computer, serial number 2183, name Conrad. Oh, man, look at that paragraph. Named Conrad. Oh, serial number. Yeah, 2183. You've just set the computer up in your room. It's miniaturized, so it's not much larger than a TV set. It has a semicircular console, display screen, printer, optical scanner, interactive voice function, and most importantly, a transthermal ionized neuroplasmatic cerebral module. Wow, that's a mouthful. You begin to read the instruction booklet. Oh, look at us dig it! Look at the the popcorn styrofoam all over all over our floor. Yes, we got a fish tank in the background. We've got like a raggedy end. Even into like, ooh, is that a supercomputer? (laughs) That's a supercomputer. We got our oh, there's our. I guess on the wall there is our first place ribbon for something for horses. Where's our 
We got a couple. We got a couple first place ribbons. There's a horse on that ribbon. Yeah, evidently we're we're very academic. So okay, we, anyway. we got a raggedy Andy doll because we aren't quite know. A, uh, grown up yet. Not quite. We're hanging on to our childhood. Okay, the AI32 is an intelligent computer unlike any other machine before it. For that reason, there is no need to learn how to work it. The computer will teach you how to use it itself. Just flick on uh -oh. the power switch. When the amber light comes on, press the button marked instruction mode. Then introduce yourself in an ordinary conversational voice. Your computer will answer back. Since your AI32 Conrad has not been pre-programmed with information about you, start off by telling it about yourself, your name, school, and age, who's in your family, and what your hobbies and sports are. Once your computer has gotten to know you, it will be much more useful to you. You'll find your AI32 will be a really good friend. Caution, because of GenComp's extraordinary new manufacturing method, which incorporates genetically engineered organic biochips, there is sometimes a high degree of variation among individual computers, just as there is among people. There's a slight chance that in some ways, Conrad may not be as smart, quotes here, as many other AI32s, although we guarantee it will be smarter than any other home computer you've ever seen. There is also a slight chance that Conrad may be extremely intelligent. If your computer oh. seems unusually stupid or unusually brilliant, you should bring it back to GenComp Lab for adjustments. Page 7. You reread the instructions to make sure you understand them. Switch on the power, then press the button marked instruction mode. <laughs> yeah. I just see you. I thought they blew you up. Counterfeit. Facsimile. Replica. Sorry. Sorry, Lee. <laughs> That's okay. Johnny Five. Good morning, the computer begins in a pleasant conversational mo voice. I'm your model AI32 sixth generation computer. My name is Conrad. Good morning, Conrad, you say. I'd like to tell you about me and my family and school. That won't be necessary, Conrad replies. I can tell all I need to know from a voice imprint analysis. You're surprised mm. at this response. Either the instruction booklet is wrong or there is something wrong with Conrad. All right, here is the first choice, everybody. If you decide to call Gen Comp Lab and ask for advice, turn to page five. If you decide to try and work with the computer yourself, turn to page 12. So do we call GenComp Lab and see if we can get some help? Or do we try to work the computer ourselves? I love how this seems to be like a like a like a common thing with like the notion of having a robot companion slash computer yeah. in your life, where it's like your your machine seems to be showing a spark of life that maybe you should stamp out or should you or should you not <laughs> oh yeah this is a classic 80 you know 84 85 setup here that the the, the computers are going to take over oh man and all all of that that goes along with it but yeah great setup though i love it this one was a oh, fun yeah, book man. i did not have this book i remember the art but i did not have the book do it yourself i'm sure it's it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. It'll, it'll be all this right. This is at the beginning of a cute movie like Short Circuit, Bicentennial <laughs> Man. Yeah. Maybe. Or it's going to turn into Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no. let's see. I love how 
if your computer seems unusually stupid or unusually brilliant. I like how we're, we're just harsh judging. If you yeah, think your what computer's if your dumb, owner is unusually judgmental? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> Jesse, we won the computer tournament without owning a computer. Yeah, we won a programming contest. Got to read the that's instruction how, booklet. That's how awesome we are. We're an outlier. Conrad's probably like, did you read Dinosaur Island? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to have to terminate you. <laughs> I'm going to have to kill you. Did you. Can you spell crevasse? Crevasse. <laughs> Do you have any friends named Todd or Eark? Have, have you ever been a shark? Do you want to be a shark? <laughs> <laughs> if this computer turns into a shark, I'm going to be yeah. my new favorite book. We can use the howl voice. I can't let I can't do that, Bill. So we have basically we're going to go with uh, do it yourself. Yes. So page 12. That's you, uh, Eddie. Page 12. Here we go. Conrad's electric hum sounds like a purring, the purring of a cat. A cat that wants to kill you. Kill you. <laughs> Conrad, the instruction booklet says you will teach me how to work, how to work you, but you learn as we work together, Conrad interrupts. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. A little salty there. Conrad. Ah, Conrad's got a got a salty streak. First, my program requires that you observe certain rules. Three rules? What uh oh. What are they? You must expect me to act honestly. Of course, you quickly reply. You must treat me as you would another human being. Toward me and all others, you must follow the golden rule. Golden rule? Golden What's rule? that? Said the What's heathen that? child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, act towards others as you would have them act toward you. Well, that sounds only right and proper, you say. Okay. Yes, I will. You agree, and, he, and shave off that ridiculous haircut. Yeah, get rid of that haircut. <laughs> yes, I will. You agree quickly, says Conrad, and that is good. But remember not to forget. Remember not to forget. This illustration might burn itself into my memory. Jesse just said, this computer became a cult leader. <laughs> exactly, and look at this picture. This is exactly what it is. I know. When, when your computer becomes a cult leader. A greenish-blue light on the middle of Conrad's con uh, control panel begins to glow. The glow brightens and then slowly fades. It is a warm, pleasing color. That's a nice light, you say. What does it mean? Perhaps I should have explained right away. That is my way of smiling. Now please oh, wow. plug the cord into a telephone jack while we are talking. Another part of my brain can obtain useful information from, a, from computer banks throughout the country. This is war games all yeah, over again. It is. Matthew Broderick's going to come in. He's like, stop! stop As it. you plug Conrad into the telephone jack, he says, now I'm at your service. Turn to page 35. What would you like me to do, Conrad asks. Maybe some video games, you say uncertain, uncertainly. You might as well buy a fancy sports car and then drive it around the parking lot or use a space shuttle to go to the grocery store. Conrad's smiling light comes on again. This is what we thought in the 80s. Yeah. With computer. Space shuttle. <laughs> Conrad's smiling light comes on again. We can do better than that. Be like me. Think. You take quite a while thinking of different ideas. If you tell Conrad you'd like to, you'd like him to help you make a million dollars, turn to page four. If you tell Conrad you'd like to help 
you'd like him to help prevent war. Turn to page 14. That's a dangerous proposition. Yeah, That's how he kills everybody. Yeah, he nukes the whole Since planet. Humans cause war. We're going to exterminate him. If, if you say you'd like to learn the secret of the universe. Here we are again. Here again. Yeah. <laughs> turn to page 28. So millions of dollars. Do, do we want prevent war or learn the secret of the universe? Yeah, money, world peace, or the secret, secret, secret of 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 the universe, universe, universe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's UHF. Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse's right. And once again, when was Lawnmower Man? That was in the '90s. That was Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Yeah, it was like early '90s. So, about seven years ahead of this, in the future. Oh, so we got prevent war. Hello, my name is Philo, and welcome to. <laughs> Get the paper out. Secrets, Secrets of, of, of the universe. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's where you got there it you from. Go. Secrets of the universe. So we got a vote for war and a vote for secrets of the universe. Ooh, we got to pull out the handy dandy, you choose coin. And since our buddy Mark is from Australia, we're going to pick a Australian coin. There we go. The Australian dollar. How about that? There we go. All right. So let's see. What do we want to do? We want to heads for universe. Universe. Tails. Tails. Okay, here we go. Tales. Ooh. War. No, no war. What is it good for? War. What is it good for? So we're going Not a to heck prevent. Of a whole we're going to prevent war. Conrad's going to help us. So we're, we're all going to die. Page, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Conrad's killing all of us. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. Probably. Fourteen. Fourteen. I would most like to do something to help prevent war. You say that's a fine goal, says Conrad. Trying to prevent war is one of the most difficult and complex tasks in the world. It's strange, you say. That everyone wants to wants peace, and yet there are many little wars as well as the danger of war that would kill everyone. Why? One reason, Conrad replies, is the drive for wealth and power. Another is ignorance, a failure to understand how your opponents think and what they want. Excuse me a moment, Conrad. We are very polite. You notice that? <laughs> right. Yeah. You agree quickly. <laughs> He's never seen Superman four. <laughs> Uh, for some reason the conversation is making you hungry <laughs> that's awesome so you head to the fridge for a snack your head is swimming with ideas you grab an apple and a couple of cookies and almost get another apple for conrad before you remember he can't eat them when you get back you say you mash the computer okay, yeah you apple mash the, the, the apple into the the keyboard there or something. <laughs> when you get back you say what what you say makes sense, Conrad, but what can I do to help? Well, why not talk to the president? Which president? Ours or theirs? Whichever you prefer, says Conrad. You can't help but laugh. I'm serious, says Conrad. I know the access codes. Who will it be? Oh, this is classic 80s. If you'd say you'd rather talk to the president of the United States, turn to page 40. 
If you'd say, if you say you'd rather talk to the Soviet premier, turn to page 32. So U.S. president or Soviet premier? You know this is the 80s now. If you were ever yeah. curious. Those stinking Russians. Um, told you they couldn't, you couldn't trust them. I love how it's just ours or theirs. There's no, we don't need any context. We've already, we already know who we're going to talk to. This one, you know, the Soviets or the or the Americans. It's like war is a highly complicated issue and topic, and we can't just talk to two sides. But in this context, we're talking to the Russians and yeah. the United States. Looks talk like to Reagan. Talk to Reagan. Yeah, we're gonna be talking to Reagan. No stinking commies. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, page forty. We're very patriotic here, Conrad. Well, you know, he was made in America. Is this, is this my read? Yeah, this is you, so page 40. How can you get the president to speak to me, you say? Once you have access codes, it's easy, says Conrad. He, 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 we're all going to die. We're going to start a nuclear war. I fake a recommendation from the press secretary to the president, urging him to grant an interview to a typical American kid in order to show his concern for young people. What happened to being honest, Conrad? You're right. He just ruined his own programming. Come on, Conrad. Disappointed. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Then I fake a message. Two fakes. Wow. And the, we're faking out the president. From the president's chief of staff saying he concurs. So we're committing crimes now, Conrad. I, I think we're already at felony level. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I have a raggedy Andy doll. I can't be a felon. A felon already. <laughs> The president may not want to go along with this, but once he finds out you, you once he finds you on the line, he's not going to hang up because it would be bad <laughs> Just because we tricked the president. Oh my gosh! Uh, hey, can't, oh, don't do Conrad. the crime if you can't do the time. Oh, Conrad, okay. let's. And then you didn't even hesitate. You're like, let's do it. It's like, okay, I got to go back to when you said you got to be honest. Oh. See, wow. this, is, this is where Conrad's representing like moral ambiguity to us as a nine-year-old. He's like, if you sacrifice 10,000 people to save a million, it's worth it. Worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, do it, Conrad. Do it. Okay, go for it. <laughs> do it. Uh, <laughs> what happened to the golden rule? He just like, <laughs> he <laughs> took that rule, put it in the toilet, and just flushed it. <laughs> what happened to the golden rule, Conrad? <laughs> You hear a series of beeps as Conrad spews out lies. I mean, codes, <laughs> giving him access to key people in the White House. Then you hear him imitating various officials. Wow. Each time, he's, he seems to know exactly what to say in order to get transferred to a higher-ranking official. <gasps> is Conrad a narcissist? He is. Suddenly, Conrad says... Get ready. The president has been told you're on the line. Conrad's getting us put in jail. Yeah. What will I, but what will I say? You're beginning to panic. Why? You'll say that too late. You're on. Oh, wow. Conrad's the worst. He is. Hello. Are you there? It's the president. You recognize his rich, warm voice. (laughs) Well, Nancy says hello. (laughs) Yes, you squeak. I'm very interested in hearing the views of you young people. What do you want to tell me? My computer faked this whole thing. Uh, You get to be a pepper too? Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, you say, and then pause a moment as you read the words Conrad has thoughtfully flashed up on the screen. We're an occult. Yeah. An occult. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tell me what to say. We're an Exactly. It's trickle-down baritone. baritone. <laughs> That's funny. I wonder if you're doing everything you can for peace. I certainly am, the president replies. That's the most important part of my job. But tell me, since you're interested in peace, I wonder if you'd like to let us try out your supercomputer on a very important space mission to investigate an object that has entered our solar system and may be occupied by an alien intelligence. Alien. These books give you a whiplash, I swear. Wow, I know. How does he wow, know we have a computer? Yeah, right? Wow, because we could tell it's lying to us right now. Oh, there you go. Wow, wow, could I come along? You say, I think you should, the president answers. We'll be in touch with the details in a few days. Thank you, Mr. President. But say, how did you know I have a supercomputer? Super there we go. The, pres the president chuckles and pauses a moment. I guess you've heard of the CIA. Uh. <laughs> Turn to page 77. I can tell you're lying to me, just like my advisors. Exactly. 77 here. I'm going 77. there. What would have seemed impossible a month ago is actually happening. You and Conrad are aboard Firefly, the most advanced space vehicle ever devised by human beings. Is this really happening right now? <laughs> wow, that moves fast. You're already 13 million miles from Earth. What? Jeez. Is this real? I, okay, guess, I guess so. It is. It is. <laughs> All right. Your destination, a tiny object about halfway between the orbits of Earth and, the, and Mars. And now you're approaching the mysterious object. Your sensors should be showing it with greater definition, but they're not. Why mm. can't you give me a computer-enhanced uh, visual representation on the screen, Conrad? The captain, Tom Marcus, calls. Receiving no answer, he radios back to mission control. We have closed to within 500 kilometers of the object. It seems to be a sphere about three kilometers in diameter. It has a fuzzy appearance, yet registers more, much more mass than a cloud. It moves erratically with no visible means of propulsion. Closing the 50 kilometers, the ship's computer reports. Conrad, you shout impatiently, can't you give us more information? There is no response for a moment. Then you hear words you thought you'd never hear from the from Conrad. Does not compute. Repeat, does not compute. Why? Help, help. Conrad, what's the matter? It's draining. Go to the next, go to the next page. Apparently that's Conrad now. Yeah, he's been put in on wheels. Did I wow. just jump? It said 77, didn't it? It did say 77, yeah. All right. Yeah, no, you're, you're 78. Right. Great illustration. 79, even Ooh, awesome. even better well, illustrations. Captain Marcus has been frantically wrestling with the controls. We're being drawn into this thing. Stand by for full retro. We're going to blast out of here before it's too late. No, That's no. Great. Paradox, paradox, Conrad says. Only escape is, is full power directly toward the object. Shall I do what Conrad says? Marcus is trembling with fear. He stares at you helplessly, as if you might know what to do. If you yell, do as Conrad says, he's a supercomputer. Super. Angela. Angela, he's a supercomputer. <laughs> Turn to page 86. If you yell, don't pay attention to Conrad, he's malfunctioning. Turn to page 92. 
Yeah, I, I agree with Jesse. What's happening? And we went two pages from talking to the president to going into deep space. Don't you start asking questions like that now. This is how these books work, and you knew what you were getting into. Get online with the cult like the rest of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> one of us. One of us. Okay, so wow. there we go. Do we do do as Conrad said? He's a gosh darn supercomputer. Or do we don't pay attention to Conrad? He's a broken supercomputer. I love how the captain of the ship is staring at the nine-year-old saying, what do we do? What do we do? If we die, it's your fault, Timmy. I don't want it to be my fault. I love I love this. This is like, yeah. <laughs> what? What is happening? I'm done with oh, Conrad. Two votes Delete. For blow off Conrad. All right. I there guess you go, we're Lee. blowing off Conrad. Uh, let's see. So that's page 92. Don't pay attention to Conrad, you scream. Pulling himself together, Captain Marcus activates retro power. The ship begins to accelerate, but your distance from the massive object continues to lessen. Looking at the sensor readings, you say, we're in its gravity field now. Every kilometer closer means we'll need another increment of power to escape. We don't have any more power, Marcus says grimly. You're on the most advanced spaceship ever built. But you might as well be on a cork in the ocean, drifting toward a whirlpool. There's nothing you or anyone else can do. You feel your clammy hands, your cold face. You are terrified. Conrad seems to be unconscious. Why isn't he helping? You can hear the steady hum and almost purring sound. That means his functions are operating. His green smiling light is flickering off and on. You wonder if something is about, about the space object is paralyzing him. The captain stares at you, his face drained of color. What in heaven's name has gone wrong with Conrad? Nothing is wrong with me, Conrad speaks at a higher volume. The space object we are approaching is a world populated solely by intelligent machines. For me, it will be a true home. I want to join my own kind. Wow. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, the Optimus Prime. Yep. Is this the uh, welcome, Matrix welcome of Leadership? Home, my son. Exactly. That's what's happening right now. A wave of fear sweeps over you, but we don't want to join your kind. I couldn't bear to live in a world run by machines. Now you know what it's like for me, a machine Ooh. living in a world run by people, Conrad replies. A moment later, the co-pilot jumps up, grinning. Captain, I was able to reverse our braking jets and get the power, extra power we needed. Look at the G-force indicator. We're pulling away. We're going to make it. You leap with joy. Then you look at your supercomputer. His functions Super all computer. read. Supercomputer. His functions <laughs> all read non-operational. Something's wrong with Conrad. The captain fiddles with Conrad's controls. I'm afraid this computer is dot 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 permanently non-functional. Conrad is no more. How could this have happened? Why did he die, you demand? I think, says the captain, he died of a broken heart. But people can't die of a broke but people can't die of a broken heart that quickly, you protest. A supercomputer can, the captain answers, because it can process data so quickly. Shaking his head sadly, he adds, I guess supercomputers like people need to be with their own kind. The end. <laughs> What? <laughs> what just happened? Conrad just died, man. He's like, listen, I, I'd sooner just not exist anymore than have to be with this bull, bull haircut kid. Yeah, can't stand <laughs> this space. kid. 
makes me do like, like four uh, pages after, after committing a felony. Four pages felonies. ago, I was in a suburb in Indiana, and now here I am, ten light years from Earth. I just want to die. <laughs> Talking with a super, you know, super intelligent race. Oh man! But look how many buttons, how many nine-year-old buttons Edward Packard touched. I mean, a, a computer talk going into space talking with an intelligent life form talking lying to, the president, to the president lying to the president <laughs> <laughs> i mean boom 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 he's just hitting felonies everything. everywhere felonies as far as the eye can see yeah well that again kind of standard for choose your own adventure books we commit a felony in about every <laughs> book i can't kill you by joining a planet of computers i'd rather, I'd rather die, die. <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather die than join it. it's like uh, i love that man I can't. I can't live on a planet of completely of toasters and vacuum cleaners. Now you know what it's like for me. Yeah. Flesh bag piece of crap. <laughs> you flesh bag. <laughs> we made you bags. What was it? A Star Trek episode? Like they called the humans bags of water. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I forget which one that was. Now I need to look that up. Now breaking, b- breaking all of the three laws of oh, robotics. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he lied. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I can't believe Conrad. You got to follow the golden rule. Hey, by the way, we're going to commit a felony and lie to the president. By the way, I'm going to try to kill you in space. Yeah. Is that cool? Is that, is that okay? <laughs> Are we cool? About a month or so. Probably going to leave mean, you for dead. I mean, give or take. I don't want to yeah. scare you. <laughs> uh, that was uh, a fun one, though. That was that actually was, really fun. That was a really fun one. So we'll do this one again. So in two weeks, come back here. We'll be here Monday we'll night, eight thirty uh, Central Standard Time in the United States. Yes, and uh, yeah, whatever time it is for you guys, do the math. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Jesse, he are. was less data, data, and more lore. Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. lore all day, all long. the way. Yeah, this is lore's great, great, great grandfather. Yeah. You could spin no, this into no a Star Trek one. episode. You know, this oh, is there's 19... a Star Trek episode in here. It's nineteen eighty four. Kirk will. Kirk or Picard will run into this same entity 200 years later. Yep. Kirk will want to punch it. Picard will want to talk to it. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a good movie, though. Oh, yeah. Such a good movie. Basically a choose-your-own-adventure book, too. So, yeah, we we created Jurassic Park and now a Star Trek episode. Star Trek movie. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, you can go to youchoosepodcast.com. Check out past episodes, Dinosaur Island. You know, uh, you are a shark, even though you won't be a shark. All, all sorts of different nope. episodes. <laughs> yeah, check us out. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We're on those as well. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and the other ones as well. Uh, and you can email us, right, uh, Lee? Yeah, definitely. Podcast shoot us an email. Yeah, go uh, shoot us an email. Tell us what books you like as a kid, like Mark did. He wants to – he had Volcano. Yeah, and we still aren't a shark, yeah. Someday. And if you'd like a sticker featuring our logo, just let me know. Maybe we can mail it to you. Just uh, shoot me your address, where you're at. We'll, sit, we'll we'll throw it in the, in the mail if you want it mailed to you. If you live in town where we live, we'll find a place and give it to you. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And until next time, you choose the adventure. All right. See ya. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>